This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. Today, I have a wonderful guest with me, Kimberly Whitecamp. And Kimberly and I had the wonderful opportunity of meeting in San Diego at New Media Summit, which is a big podcaster convention. I mean, that's the only way I know how to say it. And I want to take this opportunity to introduce her to you. She is a successful marketing strategist, podcaster, and conversion copywriter, which is really important because today what we're going to be talking about is Client magnets and conversion. These are the things that we want to be talking about because so many people come to me and say, I need more leads. And yes, we do need more leads. All of us need more leads. But you know what? You have acres of diamonds in the leads that you already have. We need to be able to convert more of them as often as we possibly can. So Kimberly discovered the world of marketing through writing articles about travel while working on as an English teacher in Spain. So now do you speak Spanish now? I do, actually. When I went to Spain, I had a Spanish degree. Oh, good. Good. Cool. And she has developed the concierge conversion method, which we're going to talk about here today. She is also the podcast host of the Audience Converter, which you'll want to make sure that you subscribe to. Give her a five-star rating and write a review, just like you do for me as well, because this would be really good. It's your audience, and we'll be talking about that as well. She helps her audiences discover a new, more authentic approach to marketing that centers around building loyal customers who rave about you and your products. With the right pieces in place, you can create a powerful relationship with your buyers that will go on for years. And this is really, really key for us because we're all trying to figure things out on the internet and it's just not working. So Kimberly, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here with me. Thanks for having me, Jen. I'm really excited to be here and to talk with you today. I am too. So we also shared a couple of meals together. We did. Yes, we did. (laughs) We were at one of the Mexican restaurants and it was fantastic, which was really, really good. Big plates though. Really big plates if you were Very large plates and apparently not understanding less spicy. (laughs) Yes. I know. That's right. We're all worried about that. So today what we're going to talk about in the big scope of things is how to simplify, be authentic in your marketing, which you've heard a lot of times, but I know that Kimberly has a very, very easy way of doing that. So let's get started with, I know that one of the gifts that you're going to be giving to people, and I won't be talking about it until the very end, but one (laughs) of the gifts that you'll be giving to them is the ability to start working on a long-term one-year plan for marketing. And I, 
I feel that this is really, really important. It's something that I preach about with my clients all the time because one, it's just a strategy, right? It's not random acts of marketing. It's precisely what it is, a strategy, but it's also important to avoid shiny object syndromes. And I think that's what happens with people is they see a cool idea and so they divert and then they divert again and no wonder the marketing doesn't work. So that's what we want to be talking about today. But it really starts with mindset. So tell us a little bit about how we need to change our marketing mindset to get us started today. Absolutely. So one of the things I found when working with a lot of clients is they kind of suffered from a few syndromes, but shiny object syndrome was one of them where a lot of people would realize, oh, I need to do this one thing, which is, you know, maybe it's uh, creating case studies. Maybe it's, uh, you know, doing more on social media, whatever it was. They would say, I need this. I need this one project. And then I would ask them, okay, well, how is that going to fit into your marketing? And they'd be like, well, it's going to work because that's what the new thing says is that it's going to work. Right. That is Uh, marketing. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And basically, I realized that a lot of people, they couldn't see the big picture. And what I've tried to teach my clients is that it's not about the individual marketing piece. It's not about having more of any one thing. It's about making sure that you're providing exactly what your ideal clients are looking for. So instead of saying, I need to put out more, it needs to be about what am I putting out and where is it going to reach somebody on the customer journey? You've got a lot of mortgage lenders and people in real estate on show here. And, you know, somebody's looking for a house maybe, but they're in like that early stage and they're not really thinking about the intense questions. So it's, you know, what are the five things you should look for when looking for a real estate agent? That's what they're concerned about because they're just at the very beginning. Or if they're moving a little bit further along, then they're starting to think of the really deeper questions. So what I talk about is helping is your secret weapon, forming the entirety of your marketing strategy and campaign based on what do your ideal clients need help with? What do they need help with? And then all you need to do is you create the pieces that answer those questions, that speak to those concerns, that Uh, reach them at the different stages because your audience is not all at one stage. They aren't all ready to sign a mortgage and are just looking for a bank. They're not all ready, you know, looking for a new house, right? They're at different stages of the journey and you need to make sure that whatever you're creating is matching where they are and is also moving them to the next step that they need to be at. I absolutely love that because, you know, I talk about the buying window all the time. You know, most of the time what we see out for realtors is, hey, this house is listed, you should buy it. And what we see from loan officers is rates are great, you should refinance, you should buy, now's a great time to buy. And they're not even close to that. You know, some are, and that's good. And, and, and I love that you're saying it all across their needs. But when we think about the buying window, you know, a great story for any of us is running across a client that we've had in the past, right? Or somebody that we've talked to in the past. And we're at Starbucks in line and we run across them and they go, oh yeah, we just closed on our house. And we're like, oh, why didn't you call me? Right. And it's because we weren't with them throughout that whole period of over time, desire increases. And it's a graph of that, right? Where over time, desire increases. And we might catch them down at the beginning. We might catch them in the buying window, but not yet ready to pull the trigger. We might catch them just on the other side of the buying window, which is that example. And then more importantly, we need to keep them after the buying window so that when they come back into that buying window again, 
we have the opportunity to work with them. And I know you're going to talk about keeping them for that conversion and having them for lifelong. So I love that you're saying that, you know, helping them is their secret, is a secret weapon, not what we want to relay, but rather what they want to receive. So I think that's fantastic. So helping them in those different categories. So what are some tips that you could give people about helping? Because I know that now the big thing is to do questions, write questions so that people are engaged. Like, you know, what's your favorite color and why? And what's your favorite piece of clothing and why? (laughs) You know, (laughs) where did you have your first kiss? And so all of these engaging things, but to me, I mean, they're engaging, they're social, but to me, that's not building business necessarily. So what are some suggestions that you have about the content that goes out for those? Is it, you know, five steps this, seven steps that only, or is it a combination of a lot of different things that you could recommend? Absolutely. It's a combination for sure. You'll see a lot of uh, stats or a lot of uh, numbers thrown out. Some people swear by 80-20, others swear by 50-50. Whatever you're going to be putting out into the world, I always recommend something along the lines of, For every one piece of content that you share, which is asking them to invest something in you, whether that's uh, clicking through to your website, whether that's signing up for a free free showing, whether that's, uh, you know, just getting them into your database, whatever it is when you're asking them to invest in you, you should be sharing two to three other pieces that are not about directly investing with you. Now, that doesn't mean that it can't be about your topic. You can definitely be sharing, as you said, those like uh, the five top things to be looking for. XYZ uh, when looking for a new home. If people are looking for a new home, what's the next step they're going to need to do? They're going to want to decorate their new house. So sharing things about how to make your new home sparkle or something that's slightly related to your topic. It doesn't always have to be a direct topic relation to what you're talking about. And then, you know, as you said, asking those questions is always valuable if you're going to get engagement. But if you put a few of those questions out there and you get nothing back, then it's time for another approach. And that's one thing that I really emphasize in marketing of any kind is you know more about your audience than anybody else. However, your audience is always changing. So you can test things. And when I say test, you know, it means once or twice, right? If you put out a a question about what is your favorite color and why, or you can kind of tweak it a little bit to uh, more for your own topic, like uh, the architectural design today said something about having accent walls. Do you approve yes or no and why? Okay. So that relates to what you're talking about. It relates to your business and your service, but it's also kind of fun and engaging and can maybe be a light read and something interesting for your people to want to interact with you online. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So what you're talking about is the book, jab, 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 hook, (laughs) (laughs) which is social, 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 social. Oh, by the way, I'm a lender. Oh, by the way, I'm a realtor. Oh, by the way, I'm a dentist, you know, whatever it is. They're talking about that. So let me ask you whether or not that same type of posting that we're talking about now, the questions or, you know, information should be across all of your platforms. Should you be having that same type of questioning? Because I honestly, I haven't seen those types of questions like, you know, what's your favorite color in LinkedIn, but I've absolutely seen it in Facebook. So how do those differ in what we want to put out from, you know, content if just to make it easy for ourselves? If my goal is color, I'm going to ask the color question today. How do I change that to put it on LinkedIn where it's more professional? That's one of the age old questions, right? In the early days, definitely you could put the same stuff across and no one would care. 
But if somebody is going to follow you on one social network and not on another social network, the nature of the networks is very different. Mm -hmm. So for example, Twitter, it's really fast moving. Twitter will save so-and-so hasn't tweeted for a while. They just did go check it out. But, you know, the algorithm, it's always changing. So that's, it's kind of a, a hard thing to necessarily uh, narrow down. But one of the things you can do so that you're not kind of drowning and trying to find your own content is you can slightly reword the exact same thing. So what I see a lot is people will share an article, for example, but they don't do anything else. They just share the title and say, go read it. Yeah. Well, you have to have a benefit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to have a benefit and it has to be related to the network you're on. So if you're sharing this article on LinkedIn, for example, have that more professional slant, you know, who are you trying to connect with? And that's something you always need to have in the back of your mind is who am I wanting to reach with this? So is LinkedIn the proper network to really be forming the connection that I want for my particular pursuit at this time? Or is it Facebook or is it Twitter or is it something else? You know, it just depends. However, you can use the same piece of content and then you just kind of you tweak the share a little bit. Yeah. So you create a slightly different share for Twitter. It's going to be much shorter. Obviously, it's going to have hashtags and you want to make sure it's something that, you know, it's a hashtag that people actually use as opposed to one you just think is really cool. Yeah. On LinkedIn, you can change the share a little bit, asking for feedback in a professional instance. One of the things you really want to keep in mind is always, who am I talking to? Who are people when they're on LinkedIn? Who are people on Facebook? When we talked about how often to share, for example, people on LinkedIn, they spend about 11 minutes on average per month. Okay, right. that's a really short amount of time on that network. So the amount of time that you have to engage them to really make that connection is very short and needs to be very relevant. Whereas yeah. on Twitter, people spend lots of time there, but you know, it's 30 seconds at a time, they scroll and then they're done. So yeah. keeping your channel in mind and then also keeping the audience that you want to reach in mind. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yep. Very clear, very clear, easy to understand. Okay. So if we get our mindset straight and we're saying, you know, that it's about helping. And so what we're doing is providing information that's helpful. We're not reaching and grabbing and going, call me, look at me, call me. We're saying, you know, how can I be a guide for you through whatever your sales process is? And then the next thing that I want to talk about is about the formulas, you know, that you're talking, you had said ditch the formulas, right? And market yourself and your company by being you. Discover what's unique about you. So what can our listeners do to figure out what they are? <laughs> I know <laughs> that sounds really funny, but people are like, I don't know who I am. Like if I saw you, Kimberly, I'd go, oh, well, I want to be like her. So now I'm going to start marketing like her because she said some really cool things. But those aren't in alignment with me necessarily. And so what this is us just grabbing at these straws. And so there's where the authenticity is lost. So, so what can we do to, you know, now that we got our heads straight, we know who we want to do. How do we relay who we are in an authentic manner? Absolutely. So one of the things I've noticed is templates and formulas are great. They're a great starting point. But a lot of people don't go past that. What they'll do is they'll take that formula or they'll take the template that they've gotten from some digital marketing person, and they will only replace the absolute minimum number of words in what they're sending out. Right. And that's not how people talk, right? It's not how that particular person talks. Because when you're talking about the person who's going to help you purchase your home, that needs to be a really close relationship. Mm -hmm. And the reason they want to work with you as opposed to the other person they saw on a billboard 
is because they like who you are. They like your approach. They like what you do and they like the way you talk to them. So you don't want to be borrowing somebody else's words to speak with them in your marketing because that's not you. And that also creates kind of a lack of trust and a disconnect because the first time they reach out to you, they're going to be like, wait a minute, this is not what I was expecting. It's because kind of like realtors who have pictures and now it's 30 years later and we're like, uh, this doesn't match. Right? I, I've, I've seen that before where I like, I meet somebody in person. And I was like, wait, is that yeah, like you? I'm so confused, right? I'm so right, lost. Right. So the way to be authentic in your marketing it's one of those things that a lot of people, they struggle with because they want to be, you know, that have that professional veneer. How much do I share? How much do I not share? So what I tell people is get a friend. Okay. Say, Hey, can you spare 30 minutes so that I can talk my topic to you? Have them ask the top two or three questions that you get from people who have just met you, who are wanting your services, right? That initial phone call, what are your top two or three questions? Have your friend ask that to you and then record the conversation. So record your answers and the way you speak to your friend because suddenly, you know, you're having that interaction that is much more personal. It's much more real. And then you get a transcription of your conversation and then you can kind of cherry pick to create your own marketing from what you've actually said, from what you've actually spoken. Now the written word is slightly different than the spoken word, but marketing is much more conversational now than it used to be. So, you know, that's a really great starting point. And then you can use those phrases. You can use the way you talk about things and you can plug them into your formula or you can plug them into your template saying, oh, this is what they want us to talk about right now. I said that phrase, oh yeah, at minute number four, that's when I started talking about this particular problem solution. So then you have a starting point for how you want to structure something, but you're using your words, you're using your approach and you're using your unique self in your marketing so that you are part of your marketing because the reason they're going to work with you because they like you not because they like some random person's template on the internet who's selling it for five yeah i love that and that's a great way to find out who you really are that's funny you said that i have to tell you a quick story a couple years ago i shouldn't say several a couple years ago i was uh in my office just talking to clients and this is when i you know was still in lending and my production partner came in and she said you know, I love all these little catchphrases that you use or all these phrases that, well, she said catchphrases, catchphrases that you use. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. Right. Right. And I said, well, do me a favor. It's since you can hear me on my conversations, write down these catchphrases for me and we'll come up with this like list. I'm curious what I say that turned into a webinar that I do called catch me if you can. It's about scripting without using scripts. It's using catchphrases to build bridges right? And so to figure, yeah, to figure out what those catchphrases are. And I think that that's a great way of doing it. I mean, so it may not be that if you you don't want to put yourself in a vacuum to meet with your friend and you know, you're being engaged on what you're trying to say, right? And I think that's a great way to do it. But I think an additional way is just have someone eavesdrop on you and write stuff down too, because then you're not as aware of what's, what you're saying to your friend. So to speak. Absolutely. Or another option. I love both and I would love to do both. Definitely. Or another option is if you can get permission from the person who, you know, is picking up that phone for the first time, say, do you mind if I record this? And then always adding that caveat. Look, it's so that when I talk to you again, I will have all of the information in front of me so that I can, you know, refer back to this so that I don't have to constantly ask you the same question twice. Right. And usually you'll get people saying yes, but you know, with Uh, confidentiality and all those types of things, you know, getting a friend to do it, getting somebody to just kind of 
place a recorder, record you, you know, a lot of those digital voice recorders, they'll last like two days if you have the right kind of batteries sometimes. So just kind of putting it on your desk and by midway through the first day, you'll forget it's there and then you'll have a slew of information to go through. Yeah. I love that exercise. So hopefully everyone's listening in on that and, you know, say, aha, that's how I'm going to be. I'm going to identify who I am in the marketplace. So I love that. Okay. So we have our mindset. We now know who we are, (laughs) who we are, and we're speaking our own language in marketing instead of someone else's language in marketing. So let's talk about, we'll walk through this with our lost fires and then how we, you know, have magnets. And then lastly, how do we convert more of them? So what do we do with the people that we've lost, you know, where these leads have disappeared, they were engaged online, they were engaged, you know, in our email uh, distribution lists, you know, and all that. And all of a sudden, they've sort of disappeared, because I've always been of the opinion that if I'm not in front of my clients, my competition is, right? And so that means competition may have gotten in front of them. So how do we re-engage and bring back these lost opportunities so that we don't have to go out and get new opportunities as the only sole way of growing our business. Absolutely. So my philosophy is it's never too late to reach out. And that's because, you know, in general, people have, if they've handed over your email or if they've gotten onto a a database from handing over a business card at a networking event or something like that, they were interested in what you had to say at that moment. And they said, yes, I want to hear more from you. So even if you've kind of fallen behind on reaching out through your database, or if it's been, oh my gosh, it's been four months and I haven't picked up the phone, it's never too late to reach out. Putting that in your mind that it's never too late to reach out and that you're not bothering them because they asked for information from you. Now, what will happen is if you do some kind of re-engagement campaign, then you have people who say, um, no, or they unsubscribe or they pick up the phone and they say, yeah, I'm not really interested anymore. That's fantastic for you because you now know they are no longer in the same place or they've moved past that place or they've changed their mind about something. You have more information about them and you can change the way you interact, whether that's completely losing them from your list if they've asked to be removed or if that's, you know, tiling back how often you reach out because they're not in the same place anymore. That's great information for you. So number one is it's never too late to reach out. Number two, be thankful when people say no thank you anymore because that kind of narrows down the list that you have and you're able to give, yeah, you're able to give more effort to the people who are interested. And then number three is uh, if you are reaching out again, do not use the phrase, sorry, it's been so long (laughs) (laughs) because that reminds them that it's been been a long time. Right. It's been so long. I don't know about your inbox, but my inbox usually has like a thousand or more unread messages at any one time. And that's like the primary inbox, right? So if, you know, you reach out, you remind people that it's been a long time, then they'll be like, wait, why did I sign up for this in the first place? And they're going to leave. However, if you just reach out and say, I'm so excited to get in touch with you. This is what I've been up to. These are the new things that I think you might be interested in. Here's a resource for you. Suddenly they're like, oh, oh yeah, that, that's an interesting uh, subject line or you're picking up the phone and talking to people. Then they're like, oh, it's so great to hear from you. Yeah, you know, this crazy thing happened in my family and we had to change our plans for the last three months, but we're thinking of next month getting in touch and starting this. And so suddenly you have reached them again at the right time. Now you're top of mind. And if they are ready to move forward in two or three weeks, you're going to be the first name on, on their mind to reach out to. So those are the steps I would have people keep in mind, right? That it's never too late to reach out. 
being aware, going ahead and, and making that connection. If somebody says, no, thanks, great. You've got more information, move on. And then not reminding them that it's been a while and just reaching out with value. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. So let me ask you a side question on this since you're an expert in this area. So a lot of loan officers and realtors aren't very good after the you know loan has closed, the house is purchased. They're not very good at keeping in touch with their clients, you know, and I actually have some clients and not to say, and I know that my listeners know this too, this is not everybody, but a lot of people don't do it. And so it's after, you know, it's a retention piece of this, not so much a lost prospect, but it is about the retention of people. As I said before, on the other side of that window, right? So they can go back into that sales cycle and, you know, some haven't called people for seven, 15 years. And they're still in their database. It's crazy. So what would you recommend for that conversation? Because it's been a long time. And so you almost can't put the dirt underneath the rug and say that it hasn't. And just make the comment of, hey, I'm just reaching out and here's some value. So what do you recommend for something like that without apologizing? (laughs) Well, I I would say uh, starting today, (laughs) create a process for automated outreach whether that's sending a postcard once a year, whether that's sending a holiday greeting once a year, whether that is giving you a really annoying thing on your electronic calendar that's going to pop up and remind you that you need to call somebody until you actually call them. Set up a process today that will automate that outreach just a little bit for you so that people can become warm. And also it I say put it on automatic because it is hard to keep in touch with people two, five, seven years after the fact, especially if you know, that's how long it's going to take until they're ready to buy another home. So if you put it on automatic, it's still a nice reminder. It's still lovely. You can make it so that, again, it's your words and not just a template of words being sent out. And that can kind of keep you top of mind. But for those people who you haven't spoken with in seven, eight, ten years, as you were saying, if you are going to reach out, I would reach out in a way that gives them the opportunity to say yes or no. So if you call somebody out of the blue, you know, they might have changed phone numbers, they might have changed homes, they might have changed a lot of different things. And if they don't recognize the number anymore because they don't have your contact information, they're probably not going to answer it. But if you send out a little value, right, Uh, send out a postcard, letting them know about new something or others that are going to affect current homeowners, for example, and it's a link to a, a place where they can download that information. That's useful to them where they are. They can choose to engage with you or they can choose to not engage with you. And it also makes it so that you're not spending a lot of time on the people who it has been literal years. And then, you know, just getting a lot of hangups or getting a lot of wrong numbers. It gives you an opportunity to still provide value, to still remind them of who you are. But it also gives them an opportunity to say, you know what, this is my forever home. I'm not moving again. (laughs) Or to say, okay, yeah, you know what? That would be interesting. I would like to know more. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, so let's move on to new engagement because we obviously want to go back to as many clients as we have because we already have them. We worked really hard to get them. But now we want new clients and we've got our mindset together. We know who we are and we now want to become a magnet and we want to attract clients rather than chase clients. How do we start that? What is the process that we start doing you know, to get those new buyers, those new people in our database. So new people in your database, it's 
you know, there's a whole lot of different approaches and it depends on your time. It depends on resources. One of the best ways for you to engage people is to just be answering questions and related groups on social media. That's one of the less popular answers because it takes a lot of time for people. Mm -hmm. But if you join those groups of people, they're already your ideal client, right? If they're in a group talking about the processes that for specific to first-time homeowners or first-time home buyers, well, they have lots of questions and you can answer them. Now, it's not answering them in a, hey, this is what I do. Go to my website. It's providing value. You know, it doesn't have to be really long. We're talking one to two sentences, but if you can right. help them just a little bit, they get your name in their mind. And if you start interacting a lot in those groups, then wow, yeah, okay, that's really great. Another option that's uh, not going to require you to join groups is to answer questions on sites like Quora or Reddit, where right. people are asking questions about those particular topics. You can prove your expertise. And once you get five, 10 answers under your belt, that's something you can do in 10 minutes a day, literally. Uh, you know, take two days a week, answer one to two questions in 10 minutes on those two days. And suddenly after two or three weeks, you've got a very large library of answers. You're also realizing that you're creating your own marketing materials because these are the questions people are currently asking. Oh, well, if I've seen this type of question for solving, yeah, yeah, exactly. If I've seen this question four times, great. I should create a lead magnet. I should create a giveaway. That's like a checklist you need to go through to answer this type of question. Or here's the top five things everyone's concerned about in 2020 for this particular topic, right? So it'll be your research and it will also get your name out there and raise awareness. Yeah, I love that. And listen, guys, it's not a lot of time. I mean, going in and doing that, it's no different than going into Facebook and playing around, right? I have a couple questions about the groups though. So I'm in some groups, I have some groups and, you know, people like to put their stuff in there. And I got to the point where I was like, you know what? No one can put it in without my permission now. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. No, that's really common. Yeah. So it's not about us dumping our stuff in there. It's about us going in and asking, answering the questions, and then hopefully someone will follow us. So in the context of that, do you recommend that we put links to our website or to our, what, our event or hashtags? Do you think we should be putting our own hashtags in there to try to get more activity and involvement or just answer the question and be helpful? So it depends definitely on the rules of the group. Obviously, I would highly recommend know the rules of your group, do not violate them. Because if you violate them, then you've lost a huge potential resource and they're probably not going to let you back in. And I know I've been a part of groups where it's literally people just post their stuff. You know, there is no rule against sharing promotions, but that's all anyone does. So there's no real engagement. There's no real connections. I can't imagine people actually get lots of leads from that type of group because all it is is oh, it's time, I'm doing another promotion. It's time for me to post about it in this group. Yeah. So no, you and I are in a group that does that. When you say that, I'm immediately thinking of the group that one of the groups that you and I are in, Mm -hmm. that it's just a lot of promotional shares, but I noticed that there's not a lot of comments. There's not a lot of things in there of people interacting with it. It's just another place for you to do a billboard. Exactly. And you know, it's one of those things as a conversion copywriter, billboards, you can't necessarily figure out the conversion on it because you don't know how many people actually drove by unless you have a particular phone number that's only on that one billboard. So it's the same type of thing. So in the groups, definitely know the rules. And then if there are, most of those rules will say, you know, don't show your website. So then obviously don't share your website, but there's value in sharing value. I'm in a group that has a no promotion rule. Okay. You cannot promote your own services, but there's nothing against you 
answering questions. And so I've gone through and answered questions and I've had three or four people reach out to me individually saying, I love what you do. Can we talk more? I think I want you to help me. I say, okay, sure. So, you know, it does work. People do appreciate when you are helping them. But, you know, if you have the opportunity, like if you are using Quora as your option, Quora does allow you to, on the bottom of all of your answers, have like a signature. So you can lead them to a lead magnet or you can lead them to your website or you can lead them to here's my next event going on. So it just depends on uh, what method and medium you're using, but definitely follow the rules and be helpful. Yeah, I love that. Well, and like you said in the beginning, you know, is that helping is your secret weapon. I mean, it truly is your secret weapon. And, you know, we have a tendency in all business, it's like, gimme, 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 but we've got to give, Mm -hmm. give, give first before we can get in. You know, and I think that that's really powerful. I want to ask you another little question about just posting in general when you're posting, because I've heard different things. I want to see if I can't get a real answer. And I'm okay. asking, you're going to give me a real answer. How many hashtags are too many? That's one. Number two is when you post, I also heard that as soon as you post, as long as you go back in and comment on your post within seven minutes or 70 seconds or some kind of crazy thing, or 70 minutes, I don't know the number. Um, as long as you post on your own post, you will get more exposure to more people. So tell me if that's myth or fact, and maybe there's another alternative. And tell me about these hashtags. And does it differ in the hashtags in Facebook versus LinkedIn versus Twitter? So (laughs) here's my real answer. And my real answer is that social media is only one of many, many marketing channels. So I don't know all of the details of all of the social media channels. That being said, originally, hashtags really weren't used in Facebook. That was how you knew somebody was using an automatic poster was that the uh, post hashtags on it. So that's a newer change. And Facebook is unfortunately constantly changing its algorithm. So the part about commenting immediately, I mean, Facebook likes engagement. Facebook wants people to stay on Facebook, which is why if you're on your mobile now and you click on a link on Facebook, you're still actually in Facebook's platform when you're reading that because you're not going away. Uh, But if you're on a desktop, that's not necessarily the case. You're no longer in Facebook. So Facebook likes it when people stay on Facebook. So if you're publishing something and then Facebook realizes as an algorithm that, oh, people like this because they've had interactions, then they'll give it more juice, essentially. However, if it's yourself doing that, I'm not sure how much juice Facebook will give to you. That being said, I have a business page, I have a Facebook group, and I have a personal profile on Facebook. So my business page can share the stuff from my personal profile or the group can share stuff to my business page or what have you. So that's me sharing it, but it's another entity on Facebook. So that might give it a little bit of Interesting. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for clarifying that. Good. All right. So the last piece of this is conversion. So we now know how to get back our lost people, you know, what to do. We know how to create some magnets by helping and going to these areas. What can we do to increase the conversion? Because yes, it's great that someone said, I like this. And I, you know, emoji, I I responded and I said, cool versus, (laughs) you know, some long sentence. But how do we actually get those conversions without being a pain in the butt to people? Because I'll tell you, for LinkedIn, as soon as I accept somebody from LinkedIn, I get an auto-respondent that says, bye, bye, bye. And I mm-hmm. immediately go back in and unfriend them again. Absolutely. I'm with you. Immediately. I just find that really grating. It's kind of like you walk into a store and you just want to look around and immediately five salespeople converge yeah. on you and they're like, yeah. what can I help you find? And I'm like, can I just look? 
Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Can I just go look, please? So in terms of conversion, all of the things that we've talked about, they lay the foundation for increasing conversions already because what you're doing, the way you're approaching it is completely different from what 80, 90% of companies are doing out there. That's going to help your conversions as well. One other thing uh, to do, which a lot of people kind of forget, is to include a call to action, which means uh. tell them what to do next. Now, for a lot of people on social, especially, what they want is more followers. They want more engagement on a particular post. So they'll say something like, let me know your thoughts below. That's mm-hmm. great. But then that's not a next step for them to take. No, so I've done that and I've got nothing. <laughs> exactly. Right. So it's yeah. having an idea in your strategy that you lay out. Where do I want them to go next? And mm-hmm. then coming up with five or six different ways to ask them to take that next step. Can you give us an example of that? Because I'm not sure I understand five to six ways, you know, take the next step. So if I'm like, you know, something about credit, if I put something on there about credit right now, and I don't do any of this anymore, but if, if a loan okay. officer put something on there about credit and it says, you know, did you know that if you paid off collection, it can actually make your credit score go down? Read this article that's proof behind me saying this because I already know it's true. You know, hope you like this article. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag. <credit>. Hashtag credit. <laughs> Where do you go from there? So uh, one approach you can take is there are, and I am blanking, of course, on the tools that do this, but URL shorteners that you can use. Bitly Bitly is one of them, but there are other URL shorteners that you can use that create your own promotional material for things you share. So when you share an article like the one about credit, when they go to that article, there will be a pop-up that's an opt-in to your site or to direct them to something that you wrote that they go. Yeah, exactly. And you can create those automatically or you can, I recommend creating each of those manually and having like five to 10 pieces that you're going to use to gather that kind of information. I have one of them and I am blinking on the name and I apologize. I will send it to you and you can put it in the show notes. Those URL shorteners. So that way you're sharing content that you didn't create so that people like it because it's not your content. But when they get to that page, the next step, there's a little option that comes up, you know, halfway through the read, at the end of the read, what have you. Here's something related to this. You can learn more. And that takes them to, for example, if on your site, you have a calculator to figure out if I do XYZ, what will happen to my credit, then you can direct them to that calculator. They've just read about credit. They've just read about what does and doesn't affect it. Great. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this particular instance that's unique to me that wasn't mentioned exactly word for word in that article will work. Oh, there's a calculator I can use. Fantastic. So they're going to click on the calculator and they're going to use that. And then on the side of the calculator, you can either have them opt in to get their results or you can do a, a few different items. So that's one option. It doesn't have to be on the actual post itself. It could be embedded in the next click. Correct. Okay. Got it. Correct. So that's the next click. Another option is You create seven to 10 social media shares across your different networks about that particular article, but not all of them are going to link to the article. You can just be talking about credit as a share Mm -hmm. and then directing them to your calculator. You know, the interesting tidbit about paying off a collection, lowering your credit score, see what else can impact your credit score, use our calculator today Mm -hmm. and then direct them to that. That's still something very helpful. It's still something that is going to be uh, meeting your audience where they are if they see that kind of post, but it's not saying, oh, you have to go read something because some people are going to be like, oh, that's really interesting. I wonder what that'll do to my credit. They don't necessarily want to go read the whole article. They just want a calculator. So go ahead and offer them a calculator. 
Okay. So that's so cool. Yeah. And, and it's okay. Keep going. I love that. I love that <laughs> idea because actually I call that the daily digital deep dive where you just, you have, you know, your post or an article you could, but I'm talking about like your post in LinkedIn, which is full and lengthy and businessy. And then a quick blurb about it on your business page on Facebook. And then you share that to your personal and then, you know, you blip it and revert people back to the LinkedIn article or to, you know, some other place on Twitter, right. Or Instagram. Yes where you're slowly giving less and less information where it's now just links and actionable items there. Absolutely. But I'm still learning great things. I mean, I don't think, (laughs) I mean, I'm taking copious notes. Those of you that aren't (laughs) watching that are listening, you just need to know that I'm taking notes. (laughs) Yes. I keep seeing her pen going. I'm like, I hope some are asking you, you know, I want to ask you a question, but most of them are like, no, I'm taking notes. I love it. Love it. Absolutely. So that is another method. What you said was having one piece of anchor content Mm -hmm. and then creating a lot of social shares out of that. And at the end of your anchor content, you're going to ask them to do something. Yeah. And that may be, look, ready to see how your credit can impact that. Let's get on a 15 minute call. Yeah. Eventually you're going to have to ask them to invest their time and invest their money into you. Yeah. So social media is a great awareness tool. It's a great lead generation tool. It's not necessarily the perfect conversion tool just because they need to go somewhere else first. As you said, social is very much a, oh, I like that. Oh, I'm going to leave a quick comment. Oh, I'm going to share that maybe without actually reading everything. So it's a great way for you to get engagement. It's a great way for you to kind of expand your reach way farther than you could ever do before. But eventually you're going to have to ask them to get in touch with you directly, whether Mm -hmm. that's signing up for an email list, whether that's downloading a worksheet that you have, whether that is asking them. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, eventually you're going to have to ask for that conversion. But when I talk about a conversion rate, a lot of people, the only idea they have in their mind is a conversion means they got the loan from me or conversion means, you know, they chose me to be their realtor and then we sold the house. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that there's a conversion rate for every single step of the process to move your audience from, I know nothing to, I'm ready to maybe buy a house. I don't know what to do next to, okay, now I know I need to get a realtor. Now I know I need to figure this out. Now I know what you need to figure this out. And so there's a lot of little steps in between. And the idea is that if you're sharing something, for example, as a lead generation tool on social media, your conversion is to get them to take the next step, which is signing up for your email list right. or which is reaching out to say, yes, I want a phone call. And you know, if that phone call call out doesn't work, but they did end up signing up for your email list. Well, then two or three emails down the line, you ask them for that call again, and then maybe they're ready. Yeah. Yeah. And manage them through that time and desire to the buying window. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely love that. Okay. So we have our mindset. We have all of it. You mean, this is pretty cool. And I know that a lot of people are saying, oh my gosh, I have to tell you, Kimberly, I mean, I've had lots of people on social media and there's lots of ideas and, you know, about what to do and how many posts to make really like that it's just simple and laid out and you know it's definitely work and that's okay because if you do what's easy your life will be hard if you do what's hard your <laughs> life will be easy so you have to do a little work to make right. this easier on the backside of things but I just have to say that from a social media standpoint and just even marketing that you have been my best guest on this because I can, well, thank you I'm very linear I'm very linear because I'm an engineer so so I'm very linear I need to think through that and a lot of times social media becomes very jumbled. It reminds me of Linus with all of his clouds around right. him and everything. And I'm very techie, so that's not the issue. It's just there's so many ways to do things. And I love that you just made it very, very simple for everyone to understand. So what is everyone's next step? If they're listening to this and they're saying, 
I love this. I absolutely love this. I got to get more information about it. They might put a few things into play. They might record themselves, have someone eavesdrop, meet a friend. They might go, okay, I want to help people. And they might start engaging in groups and created their own group. And now they know how to engage. They know how to do a few other things, you know, how to layer or tear up, you know, some content. What is the next step to say, how do I make sure this gets done? Because as we all know, I talk about stop talking, take action, get results. How do we go beyond just pecking at this, you know, a little here and a little there to have that year long marketing plan? So the key to having a year long marketing plan is to sit down and create your year long marketing plan. And the way that's going to work is you have to set aside the time. And we've been talking about social media. We've also kind of touched a little bit on, you know, postcards and touched a little bit on emails. There's no way for you to know what is working unless you're actually watching what is working. And one of the first things I said was that a lot of people, they're like, I need to do this because people tell me this is what works, but they don't know where it falls into their marketing strategy. So the next step is to sit down and decide what will my marketing strategy be? Because one of the things I recommend to people is don't start with four or five options. Start with one. And if that means that you just focus on LinkedIn, for example, for three months, that's what you have to do now because it's a long-term strategy. And if you dive into five new things at once, none of them are going to get done. So sitting down, figuring out where do I want to start? Where are my people? What are they asking? And how can I help them? You know, and how can I help them is key because Social media, a lot of people got so excited, right? When there were all these tools out there that could automate everything. Well, social media has the word social in it. It's meant to be social. If you don't have the time to interact, then social media is not the method for you because you have to put in the time. I love that. Yep, I love that. So how does someone get a hold of you? And I know you have a nice little gift for us. So tell us about the gift that you're going to have available for us. And of course, we'll have the link in our show notes here. But tell us about the gift that you have for us. Absolutely. So we were talking about how do you get your marketing plan in place? So I have the five-day challenge to get your marketing plan in place. Now, what is that going to be? It's going to be an overview, right? Making sure that you know exactly what I was talking about, all the different aspects of the marketing plan, making sure you have an idea of what those all are, and then putting them into a plan that makes sense. So the five-day challenge to get your marketing plan in place. And one of the things I always tell people is it's never too late to get a marketing plan in place, because if you're willy-nilly and you decide, oh, well, I need to get a strategy, but it's May. It's too late. And you're like, it's never too late. It's better to put something in effect now. (laughs) Why is it in a calendar? And you're always marketing. Always. You're always marketing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Wonderful. So the gift that you have available then is a five-day challenge. Now, is someone going to have to plan, you know, nothing for five days or is this like little pieces of things? How much time does someone need to allot for this? So I would say 10 minutes a day. Oh, wow. That's easy. 10 minutes a day. You're going to have one or two questions to answer. The next day, you're going to have a few more. You know, you might have to take an action step. But again, it's 10 minutes a day to get the framework for a marketing plan in place. And I love how you just said, but you might have to take an action step. I mean, my goodness, people, this is your job, right? It's it's your job anyway. So it's an action step that's going to move your business forward. And that's what I absolutely love about it. So Kimberly, what are you reading right now that's inspiring you? Oh boy, what am I reading that's inspiring me right or now? Listening to. <laughs> <laughs> or listening to. Or listening to. That's a good one. You know, 
I am rereading a really, really valuable book. I read it at the end of last year and lots of things are going on, you know, lots of things are going on this year, but it's called Work the System. Mm-hmm. And it is all about how to create processes in your business. And part of creating the processes in your business is finding out what you should be doing and what you should be giving somebody else to be doing. Love yes. It. So Work the System really huge fan of it. I read it once and I know as I'm going through it again, I am just getting all of these, oh, right. I forgot about that part. I got to go put that into effect. Yeah. Well, it's funny. My mentor, Darren Hardy told me to reread all the books I read because I read about three a week. So it's hard for me to say which book is my favorite book in this world, (laughs) you know, and and I can't remember in one book if that's what I read or if it was the other book I read. He said that I need to stop doing that and I need to start going back and reread all my books five times. (laughs) Five times. Read every book five times. If it's you get to sleep, you know, business or personal development. Now I'm not going to read, you know, I don't read the kind of nasty stuff anyway, but if you're going to read it, go back in and consume it. And I think it stems from, you know, we all learn about 20% the first time we learn something. Mm -hmm. So you actually do need to do it. So listen to the podcast five times. You'll get more stuff. (laughs) if you have all the time in the world. So I just want to say thank you so much for gracing us with your presence and helping us to really lay this out in a simple way, you know, to start marketing differently and thinking differently. I think the biggest thing I gained out of this was changing the mindset of helping. And I've heard it before, but I needed to hear it today. And now I'm really excited to go in. And matter of fact, I just wrote down that I have to time block the ability to go in and do some more helping in some of the groups and really get my name out there more in these groups that I can answer these questions and help people with their challenges that they have. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated the invitation. Of course. And I can't wait to see you again. Everyone, thank you so much for listening in our podcast today. Hopefully we caught you working out because I know some people do that. We caught you riding a bike to work, which I know some people do that as well. And I just really appreciate every one of you listening in. And please don't forget to pay this forward and share it with your realtors and your lender friends and your entrepreneur friends as well, because everyone's learning on this podcast every single week. So thank you again. And we'll catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.